that same ordinary day, two hours before Obel's life changed forever for a second time. Oh, crap. Okay, now Abel always dressed as a man of wealth to hide the fact he's always been a man of woes. He was rich, all right. Rich with a staggering amount of stories that could make the most cold-hearted individuals take pity on Abel. But no one knows Abel's stories. No one asked. So Abel would just lie. Sometimes he'd spin a tale about how he was the son of a, of a wealthy and affluent family roaming the world to seek purpose. Other times he'd say he was a veteran, having fought in wars that have been withheld from the news headlines and won't appear in any history books. In these made-up wars he fought the Germans, or the Russians, or the North Koreans, or the Viet Cong, or any other group that the ordinary U.S. citizen would find menacing at the time. In truth, there actually is very good reason to take pity on Abel. He knew that some turned their sense of pity into an act of altruism. This is how Abel survived for so long. But he never told anyone the true story. Abel knew that if he were to do that, the pity and altruism would be much harder to elicit. Anyone could care about Abel, the mistreated veteran. But almost no one dared to care about Abel, the brown and bisexual vampire. <laughs> All right, that's how Abel survived when his tall tales failed to fill his plate by, for the day. He'd rob someone of their precious blood. While it was easy enough for Abel to hide the fact that he was both bisexual and a vampire, no one can truly hide the color of their skin. So, much to Abel's grief, he'd often had to resort to blood-sucking. But no one knew this, except for Abel. But a secret was about to come out. No secret is safe from the watchful eyes of Brulen's stone knuckle. 3 a.m. is the busiest hour for Brulen's diner. At this hour, children who just got out of school lined up to spend their allowance on some delicious egg rolls. But it was also at this hour that the homeless started to come in. In any other establishment, these people would be seen as a nuisance. But thanks to Brulen, this particular diner became a place where kids and homeless people could converse without incident. The homeless would tell their stories to any kid who would listen as cautionary tales. The kid's mere presence brought some solace and joy to the homeless. Their innocence and genuine excitement a reminder that there really are people out there who care. But the biggest things that unified them all were, of course, Brulin and the food. Brulin may have giant intimidating tusks, but, it is, but her smile is so genuine and so loving that no one was scared of her. Don't think for a second that she can't defend herself, though. 
If need be, she can punch your lights out if you antagonize either her or her customers. But since her altruism far outshined her ability to throw down, she only really needed to use her hands to serve the diner. Berlin moved from table to table, making sure everyone had a good time. But among all these merry people, Abel excluded himself to the corner. He didn't feel like socializing. He only felt hungry. He didn't bend an eye towards the children, although he once was a kid too. He didn't care about the homeless people, although he is homeless himself. He simply wanted to eat and use the money he'd stolen from his latest victim to pay for the meal. But as I said before, no one, and I mean no one, can escape from Berlin's watchful eyes. So it didn't take long for her to spot and approach the solitary brown man, hunched over his meal, as if to protect it from the other predators on the prowl. I'd fix your posture if I were you. Hunching over like that is terrible on the spine, Berlin said. Abel didn't respond. Look, I can tell you're used to eating in unfriendly places, but I can assure you no one will steal your meal. Not here. I made sure of that. Abel looked up for just a second. He could see Brüllen towering over him. He looked back at his special phantasm omelette with rice and soy sauce and slowly straightened his back. If I were to guess, I'd say Abel did that to try and get Brüllen off his back rather than because of a genuine concern for his actual backside. With his posture fixed, Abel continued to take a few bites from his meal. But as he gave a few aside glances, he saw that Brulin was still there, mindfully and actively scanning Abel's entire being. Abel began eating his meal a little quicker. Small and frequent scoops of rice and egg shoved straight down. Ten seconds went by. Brulin was still there. Abel started eating even quicker. A near constant stream of food moved from plate to belly. And Brulin was still standing there. Am I making you uncomfortable? Brulin asked, while knowing damn well she did. Abel practically inhaled the remainder of his meal and dropped the empty plate onto the table. He swiftly stood up, put the money next to the plate and was about to storm off. But just like with her gaze, no one can escape Brulin's grip. She laid her hand on Abel's shoulder and tightened her hold so severely that Abel was stopped dead in his tracks. He slowly turned his head to face Berlin. Trust me, madam, you don't want to start trouble with me. Abel delivered the line with a low, almost guttural tone. In the past, he managed to scare off some with this tactic. But Brulin just stared right back into Abel's eyes, her gaze piercing through and enveloping his soul. Brulin could feel the flesh under her hand trembling. She didn't know it at the time, but Brulin did something almost no other being had done before. She scared the living crap out of Abel.
Normally, Abel always had the ability to choose whom to engage with. He could always pick his battles. If Abel felt he was outmatched in any way, he could just slither out of the whole ordeal like a snake. But you got to understand the strength of an orc. They are known to lift enormous things with incredible ease. They could throw the heaviest of people like rag dolls. They could grab a raging bull by the horns and guide it back to pasture. Please, miss, let me go. Abel's voice sounded considerably higher than before, as if his fear bumped up the octaves. His gaze was now fixed on the floor. I, I don't want any trouble, miss. I, 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 I already pay my meal. I w w wasn't bothering anybody. J just let me go. There is nothing to be afraid of, my child. Bruin sounded stern, but reassuring. Authoritative, but kind. Abel hasn't been a child for many, many years because of many, many reasons. But when Bruin asked Abel to sit back down, he did as he, did as he was told. Like a child, waiting for his mother to make everything okay again. Do you know why I created this place? Bullen asked. Abel shook his head, now managing to look Bruin in the eyes again. Everyone has stories. Good ones, bad ones, and anything in between. Sometimes we're willing to tell them. Sometimes we're not. But no matter who we are, we must tell them someday. In this place, this little place that I've made, we can all tell our stories. So what's yours? Tears started streaming down Abel's face.